so right i think we're rolling so welcome back to the sixth episode of the talking chill podcast and today we've got a <clears throat> excuse me there <clears throat> so today we've got a special guest uh chinmaya patel uh, a soon to be renowned finance influencer uh, my good friend uh, if she considers me one and um, you can follow her on instagram at that finance girl uh, for her finance masterclass if you like so hi chinmaya how you doing Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? Thanks for having I'm me today. I'm good. Yep. Uh, so it's it's kind of weird because we're doing the intro for like the third or fourth time, but it's fine <laughs> because every everyone has this like weird podcast experiences every time they come on. So I'm kind of used to it now. But yeah, never mind. So how you been keeping yeah. up to? I'm great. I'm great. Keeping busy lately. Uh, I've been working on. Um, on a course on skillshare i mean i plan on right. making more than just one but for now right. i'm creating this um course this very short course for beginners a 20 minutes uh, class on how to get mm. started with investing it doesn't have a lot of um definitions it doesn't explain a lot of um stuff because you know you can get uh, you can understand stuff from, by reading from the internet but uh, sometimes people don't know how to get started with how to actually do it where to go what right. accounts to make uh, where do we where do we see the charts how do we um, get started with making a watch list all that so it's just right. a quick 20 30 minutes course just to get you into um, investing essentially investing right. in stocks but uh, to be particular yes yes i think that's i think that's great as well because um i have checked out skillshare for uh, whiteboard animation videos because i was kind of obsessed with it uh, back in the day like it's it's quite a while to be honest but um skillshare is kind of a great place and the the fact that you're uh, structuring a course for the beginners is even better because uh right now if i see on the internet you know a lot of people just invest in stocks just for the sake of the hype you know they see uh, their peers posting you know their profits or their holdings on instagram or twitter and they just feel like oh i should also invest into it and they just mindlessly invest their money into it and they they lose so much money or make some uh, mindless errors and then they depress uh, they then they get depressed and they just you know uh, cuss all the people who invest into stocks and the stocks in general as well so which is kind of weird and ludicrous to be honest but yeah i think i think uh, you're spot on to like kind of do this because i think it will help a lot of beginners especially like people like me because i i do have like a better idea of stocks and finance compared to like uh the last one or two years but yeah still i think some a course like yours would be a lot helpful so that's good actually i mean uh, to be honest there's a lot of free information out there and a lot of it right. is useful um there's a lot of stuff in finance and investing that you can learn on your own um but right. there are some people who um, struggle with you know studying on their own and they want someone to guide them right. so my course exactly. is um, essentially focused more on that than just giving out knowledge that you can easily find on google it's like right um stuff from my own experiences stuff from the experiences that i have heard and learned from which are of other people uh right. so yeah that's that's essentially how i want to want my skill share classes to be because uh, essentially i'm you know i'm sharing a skill i'm not um i'm not <laughs> i'm not teaching giving a master class or yeah no i'm not teaching them something that's easily available on google and they can search from you know exactly, oh, what is yeah. what is a stock what's a bond it, it, right. it's one google search away you know um yeah 
and and you know and it it even makes sense because you know uh, there's so much information available on the internet that uh, you kind of don't know on your own what to refer and what not to refer so like when you uh, you know structure a course uh, on a platform like skillshare it kind of adds that personal touch wherein you understand or empathize with a fellow a person who is not not yeah. so uh, well knowledge about uh, or doesn't know about stocks and you're trying to like help them right from the basics or uh, right from the scratch which i think yeah. is great um, you know the thing with uh, when you start uh, with um, learning on how to invest or how to trade um, right. the one thing that happens to you right when you start to start reading a substantial amount of content is that you realize that there's so much content out there and you don't know what to study and you you just you're, you're having this you know uh, <laughs> you end up in this sort of readers block where yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have so much information True. but you don't know what's important right. what's not and it it, and it, it yeah, takes you can't a really long it, time it, it takes a really long time it took me a really long time to just figure out what's important and what's not and um, so now that i am more comfortable with you know investing regularly and like um telling people giving people uh, advice as such on how to invest or where to invest i realized that uh, it, it it's not just you know um it's it's not just that people don't know how to invest it's just that they've been conditioned so much by people around them like you know you should buy the stock or you should invest in this because it's trendy and um it, sometimes people get uh, advice to buy stocks which are just not strong which are not fundamentally strong which is just you know uh, some of them are like really manipulated uh, stocks which right. can um inflated or something Uh, yeah which can be easily uh, controlled by you know bigger organizations and um these stocks have a uh, you know have a chance of crashing anytime and yeah. um uh, so we have some um, we have this concept of penny stocks which are stocks which are priced very um, low and um, they also have like less volume so a lot if a big corporation is buying them uh, they can sort of you know control how the price goes for the stock and so if right. this big corporation decides to dump the stock um, all the retailers or people like you and me who bought into the stock uh, have a hard time exiting the stock because you know ev- everyone's selling so nobody is really buying the stock a falling yeah. stock and yeah. so penny stocks are more dangerous than they look and I, i know a lot of people right now they're like oh i bought into a penny stock and it's still doing well and why are you saying such a thing and they don't know <laughs> uh, so, so currently uh, currently the market is in a bull run it's been a it's been in a bull run for quite some yeah. time and yeah. um it, it, this there's this is a saying um in finance in the finance world is that uh, you only you only know um who's swimming naked when the tide goes down oh oh yeah right, right. <laughs> so essentially right, yeah, you don't sense. know what what corporations what companies in general um are not doing well until the hype of the bull run goes down and when people right. who have entered the market due to the hype or have bought into certain stocks because of uh, uh, you know a certain um news or something uh, have s- start to exit because they're making losses or because the market is turned that way right 
yeah that's that's quite interesting to be honest and you know for for anyone who's wondering what bull run and bear run are uh, so basically bull run is kind of a situation where all the stocks in the stock market are on a rise or increasing in price and bear run is the opposite of that uh, to like kind of uh, describe it in a very layman way and uh, yeah i think what you the way you talked about penny stocks and uh, the quote that you just mentioned i think they are very true as well so yeah it's great and any idea like when are you like kind of planning to launch your course on skill chart and stuff any idea like any plans oh right yeah sorry uh uh what are you saying I, I, yeah hi yeah yeah so yeah so the course you, i hope you will be telling me about it whenever it's out right Yeah, absolutely. You'll be the first one to know. I'd be disappointed if I wasn't. So yeah. Anyway, uh, so moving on, uh, moving like, on from all that stuff. Weird. That just sounds weird. <laughs> let Let's just skip that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's just uh, move on to what we basically wanted to talk about, which okay. is, yeah. So which is um kind of inculcating finance into uh, uh people or teenagers uh, from a very young age, if that makes sense. uh because uh, you know I've, so this is what happened right uh so the, about a month or two back there was this guest lecture kind of a thing in my uh, you know college and there were these three finance influencers sitting as panelists on it and talking about finance and what not i i barely listened to any one of them but there was this one particular influencer who caught my eye uh because he was speaking about uh the importance of finance literacy uh, and personal financing uh and how it needs to be inculcated in kids uh, right from a young age and it's kind of true because i i kind of agreed with him on a lot of aspects because um you know i i've been to my relatives place or my grandparents place uh, ever since i was a kid and every time i'd go there they would hand me like a like a you know a bunch of cash of maybe like 2000 bucks or maybe 500 bucks or whatever so now if i had that cash now at least i kind of know a little bit of uh, crypto and stuff so i might put my money into crypto or invest into crypto more or something like that but back then uh, i didn't even know if uh, it if that money had some ways of saving it or if there were ways i could invest in you know grow that money into something i had like no clue and i uh didn't realize it at that point but i certainly kind of look back at it and think maybe if i had knew better at that point i could have done something like i just needed some form of guide or p- person telling me you can put this money into this be it anything like be it uh, like a small scale startup of starting like selling your own phone cases or something <clears throat> excuse yeah. me or or maybe just putting that money into the bank or just teaching them how to like you know do deposit money into a bank like just by filling out a small deposit form kind of a stuff but yeah so what what are your thoughts on so that essentially you're having a little bit of a fomo on how you didn't get to invest back then right uh, uh, not essentially in a way. but yeah in a way like yeah <laughs> kind of yeah the the thing with investing in kids is that 
Americans are not as inclined to investing as you would want them to be and I mean I mean it's hard to get kids to invest as such like I know because I have tried to convince my own siblings to get to invest and even though they have been you know like yeah I'll do it but at the same time uh, they didn't have a um, natural inclination towards it but and, but okay uh, uh, here's the thing here's the thing so if you if you say that they're not inclined or naturally you know are interested towards investing in let's say stocks or anything like that don't you think it is because there isn't someone who's telling them in a way where they can understand and create that interest of kind of investing you know if 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 let's say if there's your brother for instance your younger brother if you show him ways wherein the 1000 rupees that uh your parents give to him can turn into 1500 or 2000 bucks uh in like a month or so in in ways that he can understand easily you don't you think he'd want to increase those money or or whatever that is see the um an easy way to explain this is the fact that children essentially do not um need the need it they don't need the extra cash because they're sort of sheltered by their parents they also have like sort of like a safety blanket that their parents are paying for this stuff it doesn't matter what they um you know what they um want their parents will more or less give them and that's that's the yeah, issue that's true, with sure, children yeah. children trying to invest and so they don't feel that much inclined to it now a better approach to um getting children to uh, invest is not forcing the idea of investing on them but rather um incepting an idea in them or like explaining the concepts of investing in a way that when they grow up when they're a little bit bigger when they're a little bit you know out there in the world meeting people maybe like high school or in college when they uh, when they really get to know how the world works uh, a little better um they they think you know ki maybe if i had some extra cash i could do something with it and so that's where the um the you know when the early inception of investing in them comes into place that they'd right. be more inclined to investing if they have been induced the idea of investing rather than the rather than forcing the idea of investing on them and right. so uh, beyond beyond just um inducing the idea of investing uh, another thing that parents can do is start um start an sip a mutual fund anything under their children's the name yep. for you know uh, since a little bit early so um in, in that way children actually have you know something that their parents have done for them and something that they can right. continue uh themselves um as they grow up uh from teens to their college years and beyond and so that's one thing another thing that parents can do and this is something that i just uh, uh it just crossed my mind because you know diwali is around the corner and so in india we have um this tradition of so usually we have this tradition in india of buying gold during festivals right yeah but yeah, um So uh, in the finance world uh, there's this tradition of buying stocks um 
or gold stocks in particular uh, during diwali on a certain day we even have a special uh, trading session of an hour and a half to hours uh, in the evening on a certain day during the diwali days uh, it's called mohurat trading where uh, people actually just uh, buy uh, stocks uh, during that period because it's it's an auspicious period for their family for their children and so it, it's more of a sentimental buy than anything um and i find that concept really really interesting right it does sound interesting yeah uh and you know to be honest uh when you were like uh primarily talking about investing i was like uh, it is not just about investing it is also about kind of saving uh, money as well because i have seen a lot of kids who save more money in their piggy banks than i ha- currently have in my bank bank account and then you talked about sip where, where you actually hit the nail on the head because sips are something that i've um, realized that i probably should have learned i still don't know what sips are i just know the uh, it's called systematic investment plans or something but i don't exactly know how they work to be honest but yeah you hit the nail on the head there with sips and stuff do you do you want and me to give you a brief on how they work yeah of course yeah go on like, okay so sips are systematic investment plans so essentially you uh, invest a certain amount of money almost every month um for a long period of time it could be 5 years 10 years 30 years and in an um fund that is essentially managed by other people so it could be a mutual fund it could be an etf um it could be an index fund and so you put that in and these people they use your money to um essentially um manage your asset like take that money buy stocks sell stocks uh, essentially try to give you returns from whatever um whatever investment activities that they've done and um so i think it's a really good way to sort of um put your money to use um, and it's a good way of you know passively investing yeah yeah so uh three things uh first thing uh so mu- investing in mutual funds is it like a, a kind of a subcategory of sip like does it come under sip that's one thing then uh, you mentioned two terms called etf and there's another uh, like abbreviation i guess you uh, mentioned so what what do those terms mean as well so these two so questions so sip is essentially a method of investing so there are two popular ways so, of buying into a mutual fund etf index funds um so there yeah, is so lump sum funds, and yeah. sip lump sum is say you have 10000 on you you want to invest into a fund you put that 10000 and say a year later they give you some um, 12% returns uh, it's just right. a example that i'm giving you so, so basically SIP, mutual fund is like sip uh no investing it's into mutual fund of, no no uh, sip and lump sum are both methods of investing into a mutual fund oh okay yeah cool yeah yeah makes sense so you give your money to the bank right i'm just right, i'm right. just asking you right so you either give a whole your whole whatever you have money with you to the bank or you give it like you know you give uh, maybe 500 a month to your bank to put it to save right. it in there so it's, right. it's the same way except mutual funds grow your money 
Um, I yeah. personally prefer prefer index funds um, because um, they they just have a little more stable returns. They're just a little more uh, passive to, um, you know, look into. I don't have to be bothered constantly about how my investments are doing. What my because uh, it, it it essentially. Uh, so index funds essentially copy the benchmark index, which is in India we have Nifty, um, in America there's S and P five hundred so and so, and so uh, why I love index funds so much is because uh, they they're just you know they're just so passively managed. I don't have to look uh, into them into every now and then. Yeah, and and they give a little more stable returns than. Uh, the returns are obviously a little low, uh, but they do give more stable returns than uh, a lot of other um, other investing ways. Um, yeah. uh, then we have a lot of um, you know f- fun and more interesting um, instruments to invest in. Uh, there's ETFs. Um, yeah, what are ETFs? That I was curious about that. Yeah, so sorry. ETFs are essentially exchange-traded uh, funds. Uh, these are funds that are traded on the stock exchange. Now, um, I'd love to elaborate more on all the three asset classes that I've mentioned um, above, but I think we should keep this for um, another episode because if if I start talking about these, I'll just go on and on and on. <laughs> you can actually because there's a lot of time to be honest. So you can actually. If you want, uh, right? But whatever, we we can't just drag it on. So yeah, uh, so Can you that was it. Oh, uh, right. And you know, uh, one more thing that I uh, uh, when you s- spoke about me having a FOMO of kind of not being able to invest at a young age, it was uh, it is more in a sense like, uh, like. Now I know that if I had, let's say, five hundred or two thousand bucks, I can probably make them uh five hundred rupees more. Like I can increase that fund. So I know that there's a you know way to kind of increase that money that I have right now, which I probably did not know when I was like a kid. So I think it it that sense of feeling in me comes in there to be honest, you know. So. I think another uh, factor that pl- comes into play is the accessibility of, uh, you know, such uh, resources. Like maybe back when you were, you know, young, uh, uh, you know, stock market investing wasn't really as popular. It wasn't as trendy as true. it is now. Um, that's true. Nowadays we have, uh, you know, crypto investing, which is really, really in. Um, it's it's really trendy. Um, Right. And then, then you have, you know, uh, people are investing and trading the stock market uh, on a regular basis uh, these days. Um, right. That That's, that's uh, you know, it's evolved a lot because, you know, uh, when people, there are a lot of people uh, who I see online, they say, uh, if if I went back 10, back, uh, 10 years back or something, I would have invested in Bitcoin back in 2009. And I would have like, I would have been like, you know, shut the fuck up to be honest you know because back then because i've read a little bit about how crypto investments are done and back then if you had to like buy a bitcoin or any cryptocurrency for that matter of fact you need to have like a a a private key and there needed to be a public key and there were like ciphers and whatnot shit so it was a very complicated process to secure uh, no they aren't that's that's the point 
it, it is very very important to stay disciplined in that sense and when it comes to cryptocurrency um one thing to uh, be very you know very thorough with is that crypto is very very much volatile and as a rule of thumb uh, people should not uh, invest more than 5 to 10% of their available investment capital or any capital for that matter uh, no matter how much op- opportunity they see because it's 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 volatile and people don't know enough about you know how cryptocurrency works their fundamentals or how you know even trading creating crypto works because right. um because uh, most people that i have talked to and i asked them how are you buying into crypto what's your reason of entering into the into a trade and they're like oh i saw a news and i'm going to buy because of that and so uh, news essentially does play some role into it but um technicals also play a huge role when you're entering into any trade any market and so if you're not aware of your technicals you could be entering at a very wrong point and you could be you know essentially losing all your money especially in the crypto market especially right um and you know uh, just just where you mentioned the term trading uh, there's a common misconception among people in india especially i don't know globally but india i've seen this a lot so people i don't know if it's a misconception or if they're right when they say terms like investing and trading because one or two weeks back i um, I, i was talking to a person about uh, crypto and all and they're like yeah i went to crypto trading and i'm like when when i asked that okay what do you mean by crypto trading so they're like i just bought and uh, sold a cryptocurrency from the market so i'm like even i did that but i call it crypto investment so uh, what, do you do you think investment is uh, called as investment just because you're putting your money into it for for a longer period of time for it to probably increase and uh, increase in its value and trading is just because you're trying to buy and sell in a short period of time so what what's that misconception about in your opinion you have no idea how many people i've got into uh, you know minor arguments with trying to just explain them the difference between trading and investing so trading is essentially done for a short period of time uh, and it's not just right. intraday Makes some sense. people have been, misconception trading is only done in one trading session one day uh, you can hold your trade for more than a few days but it's it's right. uh, recommended you exit in the, those few days uh, get those uh, gains on whatever the market uh, whatever move the market is giving and just exit right. and move on with another trade now investing it can last from anywhere between you know a week a month to you know 30 years 50 years <laughs> um and uh, so people have this huge misconception like i uh, i do not even know where to start with this you know I, i've spent so much time clearing out this misconception and so, at the end of the day so but essentially that the is day, the thing yeah, yeah so essentially uh, trading is short term uh, buying and selling and investment is kind of lo- holding it for a long period of time essentially right okay cool yeah it is it is but, but the thing is uh no matter how much i try at the end of the day there's still like you know uh, what do you know about trading what do you know about investing because i'm 
often uh, often seen as like you know some girl who's talking about investing in trading who has no idea what it means but i, I mean I, i'm getting a degree in finance i'm <laughs> i'm literally applying uh, to a course to become a a financial advisor uh, soon enough and even then people have this sort of you know uh, view that it it's better to listen to someone who's giving you calls who's giving you you know buy this stock buy that stock than someone who's actually giving you sensible advice on how to be careful and how to you know manage risk because um there's this whole you know it, it's trendy to just go like you know risk hai to ishq hai and <laughs> it, it only comes yeah. the returns will only comes to you uh, come to you as long as you have uh, you have risk management sort of induced into how you're investing or trading and a lot more people need to realize that yeah true true and uh, okay sorry what was i going to say i just blanked out yeah but uh, you you you're absolutely right to be honest there Uh, and you know uh, while you were talking i i even realized one more thing uh, that just striked into my mind randomly like from no somewhere so you had made this reel uh, that was your first instagram reel that uh, not like in which featured you actually uh, where you spoke about ways to earn money and it it involved a term called p2p lending so at that time when i saw that reel i did not get what I, that actually meant but when i started crypto um, investing in crypto i uh, then like when i was reading through the website where i was investing in all it showed me the place of p2p lending so which basically meant that there are people who own cryptocurrencies and they uh, put their cryptocurrencies for sale and you can buy those cryptocurrencies from them instead of buying it from the market which is a uh, kind of a cool thing if your friends do it i don't know like like even like if you do it from outsiders i think it kind of it's, makes sense of the market is essentially is just lending you know lending yeah, your uh, cryptocurrency to someone and getting uh, you know um, crypto from them or you know and uh, the person who's lending you know it, it's the same as how you uh, lend from a bank as instead you're just sort of you know doing it with another person that's why p2p person to person um and um well it doesn't just ex- exist in the uh, crypto market you can actually just give your money out in the normal market there's a lot of you know new and upcoming uh, p2p platforms right right and um I find the concept very interesting uh, there's all, you know it's not that trendy in India yet uh, but and there's a few demerits as well like you have to evaluate who you're uh, giving your money to you have to check that person's um credit score or like their whole financial profile when you're doing it on a normal um, normal uh, p2p lending platform and there's a certain right. amount of risk as well but your returns are pretty decent um right yeah but uh, do you think like if people uh, let's say if the market is on the up uh, like all the prices uh, of the you know cryptos or stocks are in- increasing so is it like a good option then for someone to look at p2p lending wherein they can get th- that particular cryptocurrency or that particular stock uh, for a cheaper price or value 
or do those p2p lenders also increase their value or something so p2p lending should essentially be a sort of like a passive uh, income uh, source uh, rather than you know uh, linking it to the market by itself uh, like right. i know a lot of cryptocurrency platforms allow p2p and uh, lending but they have right. the p2p lending and the you know varieties of uh, those kind of lending uh, or whatever you know you own on interest um, i i remember seeing it on binance a lot um, those kind of things they're all, always listed in like a passive um, passive income setting like they have a whole separate uh, uh, separate section for them uh you right. can also earn you also have the option to earn um interest on the on the crypto that you don't trade that you just have you know left in your uh, account so there's a lot of different ways there's also crypto mining and other stuff so it it right. really just depends on how you want to if if you want to risk your uh, you know cryptocurrency for that or or your own money for that matter if you're doing it on the normal lending platforms right right makes sense makes sense and you know one more thing that when you were talking uh when you said uh, this thing is not kind of prevalent in india i've uh, i've kind of realized that over the last month or so because the more i kind of read things on social media and stuff i realize that uh something that becomes trendy in the us eventually then comes to india like a month later and this is especially true for crypto and nfts as well because i've seen a lot of us influencers and us uh, investors and us entrepreneurs uh, you know hyping up uh, nfts and cryptocurrencies uh, for the last one year or six months and now uh, right in this moment in time i see indian uh, entrepreneurs and indian influencers say oh i'm working on a cool N- nft project or something like that and i'm thinking okay so basically they are a thing in india but they actually take time from you know uh, coming from the us to india and become trendy over here or something I so, I think that's true for almost all the things in almost all the countries. Yeah, like, to be honest, think, yeah, very true. <laughs> I I think uh, whatever trends in the US sort of, you know, trips down to other countries. But um in if if you're talking about, you know, NFTs and um crypto and other stuff, I'd say um it, it, a bigger portion of why that's true is because fintech is just it's just booming in india right now like you have all right. these fancy fun ways to you know put your money to use you have like these uh, you know budget trackers that analyze your spending or you have these apps that um track your credit card spending or you know they notify you when you have to f- uh, sort of um pay your credit card bills or um right. this one Or, or you know the, I, there was a really fun um app where you when you buy buy something you sort of put whatever change you have they round it off and then they put it into like this investing uh, investing site or something i found Whoa, that really interesting cool. yeah that's cool yeah like if you're spending say 246 on uh on a pizza uh, so you essentially pay 250 and those 4 rupees th- they get invested into some some stock or some uh, wow, group of stocks cool. or something that, that right right that's cool that's cool uh, i don't know it even makes sense 
and there are a lot of things that will actually take time to kind of become trendy in india but then again uh, the thing with the downside of this is you don't know when restrictions will you know come crashing down everyone's hopes you know because like now we're talking about stocks and you know stocks are still at least regulated and stuff by sebi and uh, authorities in india but then crypto is still unregulated in that sense so yeah once regulations come into place i don't think people will enjoy investing in crypto especially in india I mean, because because <laughs> yeah. the, the governments never really want people to take away free money and enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> because yeah that's it was, the way a, they are, it was a taxed uh, there's there's not a lot of regulation <clears throat> yeah, yeah. on it yet but they're taxed uh, pretty much in the same bracket as, as stocks are um, yeah, yeah. so uh, i think uh, the approach that people have with crypto right now is to you know uh, ride the wave until the <laughs> until the waves last sort of a thing uh so people are trying to get as much money as they can through cryptocurrency as long as they're just still trendy they're still out there um yeah, yeah. and there's and you no... know oh, yeah sorry go on no no there's just no um people are just doing it because they 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 have the kind of time right now you know everyone's staying at home and they're just hmm. looking for you know ways to um make a little more money than they are right now so crypto is one of those things stocks is obviously it's it's one of the most uh, you know biggest side incomes that have you know emerged uh, over the last 2 3 years if um, you know just working from home or staying at home right 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 and you know when you talk about taxes uh, it was so funny so i uh, kind of made 25 rupees profit uh, on on a crypto sale that i had done and the tax that they cut on it was 0.193 rupees or something and i'm like why do you even bother to cut that part i mean <laughs> it was it was absolutely ludicrous to see the amount of you know percentage they take out of it i mean obviously when you invest and take out bigger funds or sums it obviously gets bigger but yeah i mean when you when you do it at a small scale it kind of feels so silly uh, to be honest it sure does it sure does and yeah, you don't just yeah. have the taxes you also have um you have uh, the brokerages that the companies charge you right so, uh, they come yeah. under charges i believe yeah 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 so and there's some other stuff as well so essentially it's it's important because you know it's a form of form of regulation um in, in not just in crypto industry and in like every, every kind of investment every kind of uh, trades everything yeah it, it's quite essential like i i i feel I, i kind of understand what you went through but at the same time yeah. it, it's very important yeah I hate to break it to you but uh, ever since I started investing and in putting my money into crypto I kind of closed my uh, you know uh, DMAT account and I, I think I told you this uh, way way back because I literally stopped investing in stocks and that's essentially the time excuse me uh yeah so that's essentially the time people of my uh, people of my college uh, or my peers as such they started putting heavy sums of money into uh, bank stocks like sbi they started putting like 15000 bucks and uh, you know what not and then the zomato ipo came about and everyone so hyped about the zomato ipo thing and everyone started putting money into that and you know <laughs> so yeah, i'm like okay 
I don't kind of feel the FOMO here because now I'm kind of con- comfortable with crypto because it works 24 by 7, 365 days and, you know, kind of more simpler to understand than stocks and you can buy in decimals as well. So, but yeah, I kind of quit so, on stocks for now. So, so first of all, uh, stocks are easier to understand than crypto. Uh, that's that's second, person to person, to be honest. That's person to person. <laughs> Makes sense. No, uh, see, see, crypto as may look easy, but they have a lot more to it than just you know, uh, you know, buying and selling. And same goes with stocks, yeah, but, honestly. But um, uh, what you need to uh, realize is that if you're investing in stocks, uh, if you're investing in crypto, you should all also have some exposure to stocks or other asset classes because what that does is that um you have uh, this concept of port- portfolio diversification so even if one of your assets is just you know doing really badly the other one is still doing good and so you're you're not in complete loss you're not in complete you know emotional dismay because of that loss because you have some other assets that's still covering for your losses right yeah and so, so that, the concept it, of you know Yeah so diversifying yeah. your investments it's it's very 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 important it is key uh, if you want to you know stay in the investment game for a longer term and not be you know uh, a sort of emotionally scarred by your losses and just go like you know i invested in this thing a while ago and it took away all my money and i'm not investing again ever and that happens a lot you know it happens a lot with uh, even older people who've been investing for a while and um, <laughs> and so uh, so to recover from that sort of um, you know psychological scar i would say uh, it, it's very important to uh, invest in like uh, more stable assets at the same time go a little gaga with you know the heavy returned ones but just not invest a larger amount of um uh, of your money in crypto like you're young you're in your 20s it's it's more recommended it's more sensible to invest more into equities a little bit into you know the longer term that will give you like uh, less returns but it'll be like you know thoda sustainable returns um like um, on mutual funds or index funds but it, it makes more sense to uh, expose yourself to equity or like stocks more right now uh when you can go a little um while with the investments crypto uh, obviously it's it's very trending uh, so crypto investments are kind of cool too just um not invest uh, too much into something you don't know about that's uh, that's that's my you know uh, biggest advice to you okay so here's the thing right uh, so everything's got its own pros and cons and i think i definitely agree with you with the with the sense that i should be exposed more uh, into stocks and uh, equity investments but obviously since i told that i closed my dmat account uh, also uh, indicates the fact that i actually had a dmat account and i was kind of using it for a brief period of time uh, if that makes sense uh but yeah so for me personally i think it's person to person in my opinion like uh, every person wants to have their own perception or own understanding of something and they kind of don't like to you know uh easily uh, be proven in the sense that okay what you know is not exactly this way you should you know know it in a different way or you should know it better or whatever so it's it's kind of hard to like people make uh, to make people that thing understand or exactly thing and that is uh, that is sort of like a psychology that most people have and 
once people sort of start to grow out of that sort of mindset uh, that's when you know more consistent stable returns come into place like with yeah. certain yeah you know certain assets you'll, you'll probably make a lot in like one trade and then uske baad you just like losing and losing and losing and you don't know why it's why it's happening and you're still questioning my analysis was right why am i still losing money and then right. a, a while later you realize you know ki you have to look at the bigger picture and not just you know at this one asset and so uh, that sort of mindset uh, that i grew out of uh, over like you know over week months weeks years uh, made me sort of you know learn how to uh, invest or trade into different assets um, like derivatives as well um, equity Uh, sort of more stable assets like index funds etc and and it's a learning right. curve it's a learning curve yeah so i mean i i won't like to drag out stuff but the bottom line like the three points or the three essential things why i preferred that over stocks one uh, buying in decimals uh, like you can buy in any decimal terms uh, buying with very less money which i thought uh is lesser than stocks to be honest to be very precise and the 24/7 thingy that i can literally like uh buy or sell at 2 a.m at night which i can't do with stocks because i really can't be asked to like you know trade between uh 9 to 3 that time zone kind of thing so i think that's person and i think yeah right. your your point makes sense let me, your point makes yeah, sense yeah absolutely but let me let me uh run you through why uh, uh, some of these reasons might not always be viable if you could tell me what your first reason was uh it was the decimal thing like you can buy cryptos and decimals we right. which you can't in stocks right um so i think i think it's very interesting you can do that with uh, forex markets it's not it's not that often you do in stocks because uh, in india stocks obviously have a you know a large large value if you go to um if you go to countries like us uh, decimal uh, people actually uh, trade in decimals um this trading stocks no, but how but how much of is prevalent in india that's the, that's the whole point right so so in india people actually like to uh, trade something called as currency derivatives now this is a you know a huge concept yeah um, now you're deep diving into it yeah <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> yeah it, it's a huge right. concept uh, it, you basically trade it, it's kind of like um okay this is going to take a really long time if i try to explain what kind of you can cut it out if you want <laughs> right. uh, yeah some other time uh, secondly you mentioned that the crypto market is open for like 24/7 right right so what happens in the stock market is that because the market is open for a certain amount of time uh, the volatility the change in the price of, uh, uh, stays into that certain amount of time okay uh, but with crypto being open overnight you can buy something and overnight it might just lose its value and that's 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 where the risk factor comes from now most people are investing into crypto because it's the bull run it's like you know everything's trending people aren't really losing money but uh, over time when the bull run sort of subsides uh, you know people will see uh, crypto also going into sort of like a bear market and that that's when you know uh, things get a little dodgy when you know even uh, even the most uh, hyped of the news might not work to you know lift your uh, crypto prices up right uh, so i i believe not, you mentioned some other thing yeah it was about uh, uh, starting off with very low amount of money 
to be honest like i can literally right. invest 50 bucks into something which i can't right. most do it with most stocks to be honest uh it, it's not that you can't do with most stocks you can except they're risky I can, and yeah obviously yeah it it's um the thing with um any stocks for that matter in any market is that cheap doesn't always mean good uh you can probably buy a stock that is you know 4000 per share and it's fundamentally so so strong it's so good it 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 you know uh it gives you heavy returns in just 10 days and uh you might buy into a stock that's like 5 rupees and it will go to 3 rupees in the same 10 days so right. so if cheap doesn't always mean good in like stocks uh but if you're buying something that's slightly expensive but um, so that's where valuation comes into picture like a stock might be pricey it might look pricey but then it might be undervalued so it might actually have the kind of space to grow a lot so that that's something that you know it it's it seems very complicated to learn it seems like oh it's so much to learn it it's so complicated but it's not <laughs> it's it's really it's... not and yeah, and yeah. there are all these sides they literally just do the analysis for you they tell you this stock is under undervalued this stock is overvalued oh, well, and yeah, i yeah. i think i think it's it's so you know investment analysis has become so much convenient right now like uh, most people i um, most older people i know who invest they had to do all these excel calculations get data do these you know put these yeah. formulas draw <laughs> it was so complicated and a lot of people do still do it because they find this method more sophisticated but uh, you know there's there's <laughs> this whole reports out there people have done the analysis people are you know there's these technical indicators as well um there are fundamental indicators you just have to go through a side they've written a report for you just you need to read these you need to read a little bit of news and then you pick a stock and once you pick a stock uh you go into the technicals check out this charts draw a few lines uh, see if right now is a good place to enter or wait till a good point of entry comes and you buy there and uh, yeah. it, it it's just a lot more simple than people make it out to be yeah that's true that's true that's true so yeah anyway uh, bringing the whole conversation back to right where we started uh, so about kids uh so what what methodologies do you think that can be kind of inculcated or adapted by people to sort of make kids interested in terms of learning concepts like savings or uh, you know investments or uh, any other uh, money management skills of that matter of fact i think first of all uh, the most important thing that parents need to do is to not sort of you know uh, avoid the topic of money with their children like i, I see a lot of parents doing True. that because because they are like you know they don't need to be exposed to this but then within True. you know the next 5 years 7 years they will be out there they'll have to manage their own money and you you True. will uh, have to sort of you know make them understand at at times and you know there are times where parents are like you know i i'll just spend this much on my child and it's fine because i love my child and everything and all that's good as but then you're not really uh, letting them um, realize the value of money as such and so right 
making um money a reward for some kind of a task is a good good point to start like if you read one uh, self uh, self development book i will uh, give you a certain amount of money so you are sort of uh, teaching them to earn money rather right. than just you know giving them money when they ask Spoon for it or feeding them yeah uh, spoiling them too much like it's it sort of yeah. avoids them from being spoiled too much you're sort of uh, yeah. teaching them the value of money you know you're exchanging some something for the money um that's one way to go about uh, how to teach them how to you know have a little bit of value for money um if you're talking about investing um you can probably expose them to your own investments your own you know wins and losses and how you did that uh probably tell yeah. them stories of that's a know, taboo people. for indian parents <laughs> <laughs> i i mean it is but maybe like one or two trades that they you know they've been uh, pretty good maybe they can show those to their children uh and you know there's this books out there uh, there are they've been specifically being made for children these days for investing i find those right. very interesting uh because when we were small i really wouldn't think you know our, our parents would have would even find something like that for us um, right. in the market or whatever but you know everything is just so accessible and yeah. it, it's 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 very hard to get children to invest but you know as long as you incept the idea of in- investment into them as i mentioned earlier um I, i think it's a I I really think it's a good it's a really good skill to learn uh, not just for children but for literally everyone it doesn't matter how old you are how uh, you know if you feel like you're starting too old if you're like you know uh, I'm too old to invest I don't have enough time uh, that's not true because <laughs> you can do it it's it just not like I know, I know, I know. to some age group or some certain uh, you know group of people or whatever it, investing is for everyone i know i know uh, yeah absolutely spot on and you know it's funny because it took my dad 20 years to show uh, about three or four uh, companies in which he had invested his stocks in which is still funny and even that he kind of showed uh, on on at the top of it like he didn't like kind of show exactly how much he put in all that stuff and even you know i realize now that he actually had a financial advisor for him who actually was guiding with him uh, with all these things and now i realize oh maybe like even he needed some financial help so he had a financial advisor for him who could help him uh, better manage his assets and stuff but yeah the, whatever you said was absolutely spot on and, and you know one more thing uh, you you said about how parents and spoiling kids i absolutely agree with it because uh i have i've got friends in the uk and in europe uh and they're about 15 or 16 or some are even 17 years old and they have to go into restaurants and work as waiters and do uh, what not of uh part time work uh, to kind of earn a lot of money and you know Uh, start dealing with money and those hardships right from a very young age and right. i look i come i compare that with the situation in india and i'm thinking our, our parents have actually protected us a lot from you know putting just, rather Absolutely. than just putting us out into that wild world out there so 
respect to the parents in that I sense think, but also it's got its downside to be honest yeah i think it, it, it's good to you know uh, i mean it's fine if you're spoiling your children out of love it's it's you know it's what parents do it's it's natural yep. but <laughs> yep. what they need to realize is that beyond you know them spoiling their children they also have to inculcate a sense of you know a need for money or need to understand the value of money because if right. uh, you're not uh, e- at you know forget investing if children are not uh, taught the value of money early on uh, they sort of don't grow into um, a mindset when they have to you know work as hard or work as they smart take everything even. for granted yeah and and it's very very much important um, to inculcate that in children right makes sense makes sense and yeah you're saying something when i was uh, talking about the dad thing like about the finance advisor thing yeah no um the thing is most uh, most people are not um, as financially literate as they should be or as they think as they are and that right. is you know i i owe that to you know people having less accessibility to you know financial education um right. since Um, since finance was seen has always been seen as such a you know exclusive field or, or it's like too complicated or it's like uh, you know i'll let my ca do this you know it, it's yeah. I'm, i'm not i'm not too bothered with all of this and you be and, my and ca very you know common. <laughs> it's very yeah. very common to see that and yeah. um and so it's 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 important to sort of you know if, even if you're not getting a financial advisor it's important to learn at least a little bit uh, and not let your uh, you know age limit your you know learning you can't be like you know i'm too young to learn this like i'll learn this later right. or i'm too old to learn this why should i learn this this is you know meri to age ho gayi hai lord yeah all of these all of these are excuses and as long as you can you know overcome your excuses you can be you know uh, you don't even need a lot of um, help uh, with uh, managing your finances you just have to l- learn how to do things and it's really not as hard as people think it is i i keep saying that yeah. a lot i keep saying that to everyone almost all the time um yeah yeah but but i think you know uh, regardless of that i might actually consider a point in my life where i might give my money to you for you to invest on my behalf and make profits for me and then we can kind of party or like do whatever we want <laughs> if that makes sense so <laughs> okay. that would be funny first of all first <laughs> of all i am i am working to be a financial advisor so uh I will guide you on how to work your way around money. I of course, will yeah. prob- uh, I will probably That's obviously, obviously a joke you know, didn't have to yeah. take it seriously. <laughs> I will probably you yeah. know help you manage your assets as well. That's that's yeah. essentially a part of the job. So yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. So yeah, I think uh, one hours of uh brilliant talk, I guess. So that's it from us from this podcast. Uh, did you enjoy it? absolutely like, absolutely <laughs> it's yeah. been it's been a while since i had such a long conversation about uh, stocks and money with someone <laughs> right yeah and i told you you'd enjoy it and you'd kind of forget that it was a podcast and it's just like a normal conversation that you have so <laughs> absolutely i hope you kind of realize that yeah but yeah you'll you'll get the feel of it more as you like kind of do more episodes and stuff so i think yeah let's see uh, how it goes so 
yep uh, that's it from us from this podcast hope you enjoyed it uh, check this out on spotify anchor google podcast apple podcast radio public overcast pocket cast and many more and uh, yep see you again in the next podcast then bye